All right, welcome to Making the Argument. Before we get started, I have a very important announcement. We have a brand new deal with GoodRanchers.com. That's right. If you go into Good Ranchers and you use promo code Nick and you sign up for one of their subscriptions, you're not only going to get $15 off, but do you remember the old deal where you got two pounds of ground beef with each order? Well, we just upped the game. That's right. You can choose top sirloin, salmon, chicken breast, or bacon now. Every single order you get on that subscription is going to come with free. Top sirloin, salmon, chicken breast, or bacon. You get to choose which one if you use promo code Nick. And again, $15 off on top of that. That's a savings of $480 in meat by signing up for one of those subscriptions. Not to mention the fact that if you are looking for a gift for someone that is impossible to shop for, you can go on to GoodRanchers.com and get one of their brand new gift boxes. Now, this is a limited time only offer. It's part of their overall Black Friday special. So go on to GoodRanchers.com to get more details. Sign up for promo code Nick in order to get that deal and let's get on with the show. The United States has been engaged in the longest war in U.S. history. That was Afghanistan and it has recently ended and I think anybody that was a veteran that served in Iraq, Afghanistan or whatnot, you look at these conflicts and you are not happy with how they turned out when you look at all the blood, sweat and treasure that was spent ostensibly in support of U.S. foreign policy. And one of the things that has upset a lot of veterans is when we look at the various areas that we fought in, the various relationships that we built with people, and whether it's the Balkans or Iraq or Afghanistan or a number of other places you might not even be aware of, such as the Philippines, you're going to see that there's a, a lot of people that are still working to this day to try to help people in danger in the areas that they fought in when they were wearing the uniform of the United States military. And we are talking with someone today that has done that both in uniform as a member of Congress and since he has left Congress is still working to try to assist people across the world because he sees the, the shared humanity and he wants to make sure that we're delivering on the promise, not just that we made as Americans, but then the promise that, that, that each one of us have because of that shared humanity. So I'm very, very excited to be able to introduce uh, Tom Garrett, who's with us today. Tom Garrett, former Army veteran. Uh, he was an artillery officer, served in the Balkans, um, served in the Virginia State Senate. We actually served together uh, there, I, me and the House of Delegates, him in the State Senate. He was just incredible. I mean, you want to you want to talk about a guy that can make a, a good argument for what he believes on a practical level, on a philosophical level. Tom's there. He took that skill set up to Congress. And here's the thing that we're going to talk more about today is that generally when you hear that, hey, a member of Congress or a politician in general cares about something, what you think is, is they gave a speech, they showed up to a seminar, they carried a piece of legislation. You don't expect them to get their happy rear on a plane, fly over to South Sudan and help rescue people, but that's exactly what Tom Garrett did. And so, Tom, thank you very much for being here today. Um, you know, again, it's, it's a pleasure to talk with you as always. So, thank you, Nick. It is... Uh... It's a real honor when you think highly of somebody when they say nice stuff about you. Um, but yeah, I could say all the stuff that you said about me uh, in triplicate about you, and it's just an honor to be on your program. Well, again, the you know we're we're going to show everybody this this three minute trailer you've had, and I know you've got some other um, some other products that you're going to be putting out there. But what I want the audience to to kind of get a handle on before we start talking about this is what specifically you are now working on the project that you are are currently building. Right, so this, this is something that has been in the works for a while, and now you got something to show people in order to get them excited about the work that you're doing. So let's go ahead and cut to this three-minute clip uh, for Project Exile. 
So we're on the road to Syria. It's not a place where you want to take a wrong turn. If you watch the news, you understand the religious persecution is a major problem in countries around the world. In planning for this, I received an email wherein I was referred to as a known high-value target. I'm flattered. It's more dangerous today than it was two months ago. Multiple deadly bombings in the last month. I would argue it's good policy that every person has the right to live in the land where they were born and practice the faith in their heart without fear. Amnesty International accuses Taliban forces of torturing and killing nine men from Afghanistan's Hazara minority. Without the need to move. Nearly 600,000 Rohingya have crossed the border with limited food and water. Leading human rights groups say what's going on in Nigeria to Christians is a genocide without the condemnation of others who may not share their opinions. Another disturbing story, a pregnant Jewish woman has just been assaulted in London. I believe that there is a role for people of faith to create governments, but there is never a role for governments to create people of faith. American Congressman Thomas Garrett, who traveled alone to Sudan, is being credited with securing the release of the imprisoned Christians. I studied history and education at the university. I served six years in the United States Army. I served as a member of Congress in the United States. So these guys have been here six years. So you remember your home and you miss your home. So why does he have to come here? Because ISIS. We're going to move out of here and try not to set any bombs off and remember what we've seen so that the world doesn't forget. The scale of it all the way across the horizon, and it was done totally intentionally as an act of war, not against soldiers, but against people. So the stadium here was a place where people were brought to be tortured, to be murdered, for the amusement of some, for the indoctrination and intimidation of others. Between Iraq and Syria, three and a half million Christians in 2003, and maybe 400,000 remaining today. Maybe in a few years, there is no Christianity anymore here. They just found a mass grave this past week, 300 people, 200 people, and the bodies tell the stories of the brutality. Muhammad has the record for the most times being shot. He's got nine lives, and we're down to three. I'm not leaving my friends at a border crossing. They used to take people who weren't obedient, cage them here, and put their loved one's head in the cage with them. Use people as target practice. I can't even wrap my brain around the idea that the place where I grew up might have become a scene of horror. I don't have fear, I have hope. All right. When when I look at that, I, first of all, I, I got to hand it to you. It's it's not just the, you know, there, there's a lot of great projects out there, but I, I also just have a, a natural appreciation being in this space when somebody is is not only doing really important good work, but then they're also, I mean, your your team that helped put this together, in order to generate uh, awareness and interest, in order to you know support what you're doing. They did a phenomenal job with this trailer. Yeah, I'm, you know, it's all blessings from God, right? I started working on this project about a year and a half or two years before I knew I was working on this project. 
and 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 it was because a series of events happened that allowed me to have the opportunity to get in a position where my eyes could be open. It started when I got to Washington and I was going through the process of getting committee assignments uh, and, and essentially to be on certain committees. They, they asked me to make promises to do things that I wasn't willing to promise to do. And so they sort of cubbyholed me in foreign affairs where you see a lot of the pro-liberty members of the house because they can't do that much harm there. And, and then I sort of fell in love with that human element of, of, of what role this great nation, the United States can play without sending boots on the ground, without sending, you know, limitless streams of money to, to improve the lives of others, right? And that just lit a fire in my soul. So if I can, and I love a long form podcast and you're my friend, so this is easy. So I got involved with the efforts to extricate a Czech pastor named Petr Yashik, who was affiliated with Voice of Martyrs from Sudan. He was held in prison. I think he had a 24-year sentence charged with aiding rebels. What that meant was he'd given food and medicine to displaced Christians from the Nuba mountain region. And he's in prison. Mm -hmm. And because he's from the Czech Republic, the Czech government's fired up. There's probably two dozen senators and 60 uh, members of the House of Delegates, and they're fired up. I'm like the last guy on board. Like I did like nothing relative. And he gets released. But what I did after that was called him on the phone. He'd never met me. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm great. I'm so happy that I'm out. You know, I want to tell the story. My colleagues are still in prison. Your colleagues, who are your colleagues? Oh, well, there were local nationals who were helping me and they're still in prison. And I said, well, that's not right. And Nick, you know me, right? Like, I'm like a dog. I get a hold of the bone. I'm not letting go of it. I'm, yeah. I'm, and so I got in my car. I drove over to the fake Sudanese embassy. I say fake because they weren't recognized by the U.S. because they're state sponsors of terror. I knocked on the door. I handed them a business card and I said, Hassan Abdur Rahim and Abdul Manam and their family members need to be released from prison and the Sudan immediately. And they said, wow, OK, uh, we haven't had anyone from the capital over here in a dozen years because, you know, <laughs> um, and if you folks at home man, uh, Darfur, the Jean Jouid, the civil war in the South Sudan, right? There was a guy named Mohammed Atta, not 9-11, Mohammed Atta, a different guy mm -hmm. who ran the NIST, which is the security is the Gestapo of uh, Omar al-Bashir who ran Sudan. And he had the blood of literally three or four million people on his hands, never made the news. And so they said, we'll let him out if you'll come over and then go tell the Trump administration that we want to make nice. And I said, I can tell the Trump, well, I said to myself, I can tell the Trump administration anything I want in public. I'm going to go behind closed doors and tell them the truth if it affects the release of these men. So um, I go over there, I meet with horrible people, some, you know, some nice people, but who've done horrible things. And then and then seven family members are released. They live in Virginia, right? They go to work every day. They go to school. These are amazing, soon to be God willing Americans. And 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 man, and then and then a few months later, these two men are released from prison. And I go to Dallas and I'm the, you know, I'm the I'm the fat balding white guy at the airport, giving them hugs with tears in my eyes and theirs. They've never met me. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, I've done something that matters, right? Didn't have a, an, an exileseries.com, didn't exist. And then sort of things spiral out of control in Congress. Uh, you know, I'm very frank about sort of the way I drank. Um, I was drinking alcohol in excess two to four nights a week to shut my brain down. Um, I didn't like me. I, I, I believed that the values that I had were correct, but I but I was unhappy. And 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 so I announced uh, in May of 18 that I wasn't seeking reelection. Uh, it's been today as we film this. Um, three years, six months, and 15 days since I've touched a drop of alcohol, all credit and glory to God. So that that political ascent is over, mm -hmm. right? And I'm praying every day, dear God, put me where you want me, but my values are the same as they've always been. And this whole series, exileseries.com, which I'll shamelessly plug because we're crowdfunding this thing, mm -hmm. 
Um, so you got to go watch it. And if you believe in it, you got to donate or else we can't make it. But I'm praying, dear God, put me where you want me. You know, Isaiah 6, 8. And then I heard the voice of the Lord come to us and said, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, here I am, Lord, send me. So a group comes to me and says, will you go into north and eastern Syria and meet with the Kurdish Yazidi Christian coalition that's fighting ISIS? We're still fighting ISIS in Darzur province. And yeah, give, give, give somebody some perspective on the, the time frame, because obviously this has been out of the news for a while. And even though there's still things going on, it, you didn't go there yesterday. You went no. there when this was all, I mean, I had you over there, I had some other friends over there, uh, friends of mine, and and you were over there at, at the height a lot of a lot of what was going on. Oh, yeah, no, we, we were, there's gunfire where we're staying, right? Yeah. I mean, we're in Darzur province. The last sort of organized battlefield remnants of ISIS were there, and, and we were weeding them out, but the fight was still on. Will you go? In both instances, in the trip to Sudan and in the trip to Syria, well, they asked me to go. And I said, me? I'm like leaving Congress. I told everybody I have an alcohol problem. Praise God, we're in front of that right now, yeah. uh, hopefully forever, but at one day at a time. Um, and and But they said, nobody else will go. So I get over there and I'm meeting people who have, you know, 16 Catholic parishioners and a priest who held out against ISIS for three years at the village of Al-Kash, where the, where the biblical prophet Naum is buried. And you can go touch his tomb and read the Aramaic and Hebrew inscribed in the stone. Um, for three years, 16 people, because they were armed, um, you know, meeting women who, 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 by their accounts, had been raped hundreds, lost count. A woman who stands out in my mind who had tried to kill herself three times while in captivity as a sex slave, who escaped, attempted five times, finally got out, and instead of, like, you know, seeking treatment, took up arms and was in the military fighting against ISIS. And I, I'm speaking to her, and I said to the interpreter, I said, she's a hero. And, and the interpreter tells her that, and she gets tears in her eyes. She goes, well, thank you. We just want to survive. Yeah. We asked her in that in, in this is a subsequent interview, um, what's your goal for the future? And she smiled and said, that's such a Western question. The, the goal for the future is to eat tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I'm looking at the mathematical odds of being born in the U.S. It's roughly one in 26. Right. And biblically, to whom much is given from whom much is expected. The left bants about the word privilege often. I am ultra privileged by sheer luck. But to say you're privileged, therefore you must do this for that group means nothing. To compel it by force or shame or guilt. When you recognize that you have been blessed and I've been blessed and you've been blessed and that and, and then you go, I have a duty to do something to help others. My brothers and sisters, black, white, brown, you know, Christian, Muslim, Yazidi, Jewish. I have a duty to help other people based on my Bible. And then you do it. Man, I've never had a feeling that was so gratifying. So I'm sort of in love with this. And it's, it's Thanksgiving 2018. I'm on a rooftop in Amuda, Syria with David Eubank of the Free Burma Rangers. And your viewers should Great check group. them out because Great he's group. a hero to me. He's helped save my life and get me pointed in the right direction in my spiritual walk. And I said, Dave, I love this stuff, man. This is awesome. But like, I think I'm being selfish because I got three daughters and I love them too. And my responsibility is to them and I can die. And he says, Tom, everybody's going to die. The question God's asking is how we're going to live. Mm -hmm. And Nick, he says it without batting an eyelash. He didn't oh, think about it. I, I remember the first time I met Dave Eubank. It was, gosh, it was probably like seven or eight years ago at this point. And, and you're, you're right, at Free Burma Rangers, outstanding organization, him, his wife, his kids have been going out, and they, they go into some of the most dangerous areas. They provide medical support. They put their lives on the line to be able to rescue people that are being oppressed, that are being murdered. Right. And, and I asked them the same question. I'm like, gosh, you know, Dave, I, I understand how we do it, right? Dave's a former Ranger bat guy. You're former um, uh, Army artillery. I'm former uh, infantry SF. Like, I get how we do it, but man, how do yeah, you... Dave, how do you... 
didn't interrupt and tell you that he was SF as well as Ranger Bat. That's true. So. That's true. Like, how how do you how do you you know do it? Like, is it like we have this natural thing to protect our family? He goes, you know what, Nick? I'll never forget this. He looks at me and he goes, our family has made the decision that we are never going to allow our decisions to be determined by a quest for comfort or safety. And I ju- I got goosebumps when he said that because it was. And, and you see that you meet his wife, you meet his children. You want to talk about people that are dedicated on mission, love God, and are there to, to truly you know, protect the widow, the orphan, the innocent, the oppressed. I mean, that, those, guys, those guys do it. And, and I'm, I'm so excited. You know, again, two of my favorite people, Dave Eubank, Tom Garrett, getting together and working on this because for as long as I've known you, that's been your heart. Your heart has been to say that when, when you look at compassion, when you look at empathy, when you look at charity, when you look at all of those things, your inclination is not, I'm going to go force someone else through, through government power, through redistribution. I'm going to go force someone else to give to somebody that I think needs it. Your, your motivation has been, I, I have something to give and, and, I have, and, and I know somebody or, or a group of people that, that need assistance, and so I'm going to go do that. And when you, when you, so when you started off on this journey, I mean, and obviously, this didn't just start here. This started, you know, th- this was your mindset yeah. in the military, your mindset in politics. But you, you get over to Sudan, you have that experience. Then you go over to uh, uh, Syria, and you have that experience. Explain to me the process where, like, what was the point where you well, said, this is something I want to do, but I think this is something that a lot of other people, and I talk to vets all the time. That, that are looking for how do I continue to serve in a way that is meaningful? Wh- where did you cross that point where it's like, this is not just something I'm going to do. This is something I'm going to make other people aware of because there's a need. Okay. So that's still answering your first question, right? So I, so I speak to Dave Eubank and I'm in a soul quest because my sort of professional aspiration was to do all the good I could politically. And that's gone mm-hmm. at that point. And David Eubank says that to me on that, on that rooftop, xlseries.com. Sorry, can't help myself. And, and I thought, wow, how do I do this for a living? And then Matt Whitworth, the filmmaker responsible for the web-based series, The Swamp, that became the HBO doc, uh, who's an amazingly brilliant young filmmaker, comes to me after he finds out, and in my phone, like people that used to call me stop taking my calls when I'm not running for re-election. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he comes to me and he goes, dude, I saw what you did. And by the way, we did no press on Sudan because of, to your point, I'm going to get those guys out because it's the right thing to do. And I felt guilty going re-elect me, look what I did. But in both instances, in Syria and in Sudan, I was told I couldn't go. In, Su- in Syria, they sent somebody to get me out. And I'm like, I ain't leaving. So Whitworth comes to me and goes, dude, this is like, will you go back to Nigeria, to, to, to Burma? Will you? I'm like, to do what? And he goes, to tell the stories, to give a voice to the voiceless. Now you're speaking my language. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, oh, hell yeah. Um, like, what higher calling is there, right? And so we've been to, and I'm going to be intentionally vague. We've been to all the studios you've heard of with the product that your viewers have seen. And they've said, wow, this is great. Can you do this without talking bad about China? (laughs) Not making this up. So that's how Exile Series was born through the vision of Matt Whitworth. It was the actions that I was blessed to sort of back into because of my heart. People I met by sheer chance like David Eubank. And again, Free Burma Rangers, amazing. Um, and, and you talk about former vets. I mean, guys that I'm working with over there, you know, Jason Torlano and Sky Barkley. And these guys, very well-credentialed guys, the most humble guys in the world, right? These are real action heroes. And, and, and you know, Dave Eubank gets shot in Mosul, and he's rendering aid to displaced people the same day. Mm-hmm. And my friend Mohammed from Iraq, who's been shot six times and, and, is, and is rendering aid still on the front lines, like with no fear because they know – everybody's going to die. The question God's asking is how we're going to live. So we've been to these studios. How do you like this product? Proof of concept. Can you do this without, without 
trash in China. And I said, I love this line, pat myself on the back. I said, you know, doing a doc on human rights, on religious freedom, without trash in China is like doing a doc on the Beatles without mentioning John. It, it, can't, it, it, can't, it can't be done. Yeah. So, so Hollywood won't make this movie, XLSeries.com. Um, Hollywood won't make this movie, but it needs to be made. So that's how we got here. And then what's the vision? You hadn't asked, I asked it. Dude, we can change the world. Okay, so real right. quick, real quick. Everybody says that, right? Everybody says that. What I want to know is, is again, when, when our audience is watching this, when I'm looking at this, when I'm, why is this one different than everybody else? That's Because Hollywood loves, I mean, Hollywood is full of people that love to brag about changing the world and love to take credit for everything they do changing the world. What is different about this? So governments are like children. They'll behave as poorly as we allow them, <laughs> right? Governments are like children. They'll behave as poorly as we'll allow them. And I love the United States of America, but we're not without flaws. And our foreign policy is inherently flawed. We will seek the highest strategic interest and then betray all other interests in pursuit of that. Predictably, the best example for people my age is Turkey and the Cold War, and we needed to make sure the Soviet Black Sea Fleet didn't sneak through the Bosphorus into the Mediterranean, so we needed Turkey on our team, and Turkey said, we'll be on your team, and you just gotta turn a blind eye as we literally, by law, declare that the Kurdish ethnicity doesn't exist, and they did, and we didn't do a daggone thing about it. And they oppressed, and they displaced, and they murdered, and they were our allies, and it's happened so many times because we had this higher strategic interest. Here's my, here's my posit uh, that the pointy-headed people at state don't necessarily agree with, apparently. If the United States and the West said, look it, we want to be your security partners, we want to be your economic partners, it's a bipolar world, you're either with us or with China, now you can be with both, but you're going to have to like, have an ally. Um, but we're not going to tolerate it if you stone to death your homosexuals or if you displace your Christians or if you if you put your Muslims in concentration camp. We won't. We, we're not working with you. Mm -hmm. I believe that the bulk of the world would go. Well, you know, we got to stop doing that. Mm -hmm. It costs no money. Now, it's also something fascinatingly enough that I think is a bipartisan concept, right? That you have the right. And I talked to you off air. We are endowed by our creator with unalienable rights and that among these are life. And I'll stop there for a moment. You have the right to live without fear in the place of your birth, mm -hmm. regardless of your core, regardless of your external character traits. That's a, that's a fundamentally liberty-based concept but that is not the reality in 80% of the world. So if enough people see this and understand just how badly we've botched the, the end game, Charlie Wilson's war, mm -hmm. again, and again and again, they will demand that we do it differently. And if we do it differently, when the world will go, yeah, we don't believe you mm -hmm. the first time. But when this happens uh, repeatedly, and I think the Trump administration was cut out to do this, but the Biden administration could have fallen in on that playbook. When it happens repeatedly during one administration and then it transitions to another administration, we've changed the world. Mm -hmm. That said, if you listen to David Eubank talk about the story of the first time he went into Burma and met Ilya, who's been with him for 25 years, he said, I see one guy walking down the jungle. I got four backpacks of medicine. I don't know anybody there, but I thought, what do I do? I help one person. And if I've helped one person, I've done something. So the, the, the frustrating thing about this effort is we shine this light that causes the cockroaches to scramble and, and we'll save lives and we'll improve quality of life. I'll never know the numbers. Mm -hmm. I'll never know the names of the people. Mm -hmm. But you can't, you know, Aristotle repeatedly said the future belongs to the storytellers. You can't correct a mistake until you recognize the mistake. And so that's how I genuinely believe we can change the world. And will it be a scintilla? 
or will it be, you know, God can do anything with anyone, including flawed vessels like Nick and Tom. Well, let, so, let me, let me, so yeah. let, let me see if I can, because, I, and, and I, hear, I hear what you're saying. I get, I get all of this. So it's, there's, there's a couple of concepts here. One on the, I, I think one of the most important aspects here is that it's this idea that, you know, when people talk about changing the world, like all of a sudden they assume that there's got to be some sort of grandiose, complete plan all in place on day one in order to achieve that. And it sounds to me like what you're saying is, is that, look, th this really starts with, with two components. One, and, and this is the Eubank story, right? Somebody walks in, like, look, I got four bags of medicine. I, I don't know how many people I can help. I don't know what the numbers are, but I know I can help this person. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to start there. I'm going to actually be a benefit to another human being. And then the, the next step is I'm going to tell that story because I think other people would be interested in helping this human being or human beings like them. And then, and then over time, and you, and you see this with Dave as well and with what you've done, you get to a position where you have made an impact and people are paying attention. And then when it comes time to go talk to the policymakers, now all of a sudden you've, you've got influence. But there's a lot of people out there that they want the, they, they want the policy position, they want a bill passed, and this is going to change everything. It's like, no, 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 you need the credibility. And, so and it sounds like you're building this credibility through this program yeah. in order to affect both, both on those individual moments and the large. I mean, is that an accurate representation of what Yeah, maybe. This does? Um, my favorite quote by Gandhi ever is as simple as this, man cannot be made good by law. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we can pass a bill addressing anything. We, we've outlawed murder years ago. It still happens. Man cannot be made good by law. And, and so I was in committees in Congress. There's ballpark 50 members. You go into a committee meeting. There's seven or eight butts in the seats. They speak. They leave. They send a video to the constituents and say, look what I said about Darfur. And, and aren't I awesome? And, and like it's first of all, we've gotten so far past the enumerated powers that, that Congress's purview is so broad that nobody can do that job which is why we farm out important work to 25-year-old UVA grads, and I love UVA, uh, <laughs> who weren't elected. Um, but I, I go into an Ed and Workforce meeting one day, and Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs is testifying. Now, you know, I can't decide whether I want to be Nick Freitas when I grow up or Mike Rowe, but I'm pretty sure one of you guys. But, but, there's, but there's everybody, all the butts are in the seats. Democrats, Republicans, everybody's there. And um, I'm like, well, seems, and Mike Rowe starts his comments by saying, look, I'm a, trained classical opera singer who loves, you know, hunting and fishing. I don't know anything about this, but it's in my heart. But everybody's taking notes. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, what's the disconnect here? I, you, the last panel was like the foremost expert in the world on whatever, and nobody's listening. Mm -hmm. So then I get back to that Aristotle repeatedly said, the future belongs to storytellers. You can't change these things until you tell these stories. We can't tell these stories until we fund this project. The, Matt Whitworth's a quarter of a million dollars of his own money and to, to a hole on this because he believes in this idea like I do. I've spent a good bit of my own money and, and risk my life as well. We tell this story and I refuse to be cynical enough to believe that the, the, the West and Americans on both sides of the aisle, which would be nice, mm -hmm. um, won't go crap. We need to do something differently. Mm -hmm. We need to do something differently. And if it helps me build credibility to be the messenger for this, great. I don't need anything that God's not going to give me. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to be me. It could be Nick Freitas. I don't care, but I got to get up off my butt and, and do what I can do to help human beings who I'll never meet mm -hmm. because I'm called to do that. And oh, self-servingly, I've never felt better in my life mm -hmm. than going and recognizing people who are less fortunate than me and then saying, what, what, what can I do? To well, tell and, their story and, and like I think, it. look, as I, and I, I was just talking to a vet the other day and we, we, were, we were having this conversation about how do we get people that have this sort of passion um, that, that want to serve. Because again, let's be honest. Anybody that is working with this project, with Exile, 
anybody that's working with you, you're not, I, I shouldn't say anybody, but the people that are going to be on the ground, you're, you're, not, you're, you're not going to places that are on the, the visitation bucket list, right? The, the vacation bucket list. You're going to dangerous places. So we, we, have, we have a project, Exile. We have some people, Tom Garrett, Matt Whitworth. We have other people that are interested in doing this. So we have the mechanism to achieve something that I think a lot of people, and like you said, both sides of the aisle, a wide array of political affiliations, but are interested in helping people. And exile is, the way, exile is one of the ways that they can do it on a practical level, whether or not they want to you know, potentially go over and serve, whether or not they want to fund it. And again, that's the big thing that you guys need right now. And, and none of you are going around driving Lamborghinis, right? You, you need money to get on planes to go to dangerous places to help people and tell their stories. So how do, for anybody that's interested in being involved with this, what is the best way for them to get in contact with you guys, to be able to donate, to be able to contribute whatever time, talent, or treasure they have? So there's a lot of ways, right? Uh, so if you're crowdfunding something, the, the chief driver is eyeballs on product. The reason we have that, and everybody thinks we've made this film because they look at the trailer, we've got a 20 minute sort of proof of concept that we've done at like half an episode. It's, it's sort of conceived as a docu-series. Tragically, there's so much oppression across the world. We're, we're never going to run out of material no matter how successful we are. Share the content, right? On, on TikTok, on Facebook, on, on Twitter, uh, you know, and, and tell your friends if you believe in it. I believe in this. I've given five bucks and I hope you will. Take a look at it. So what we've got is is no movie, no, no, no docu-series. That's number one. If you give money, give money. If you've got special talents that, that you know, we're taking essentially really lowly paid volunteers to do security detail guys who've been army rangers and navy seals and that sort of people because they because their hearts are where ours are right and and yeah truly we've chosen the most dangerous places in the world to go on purpose because these are the stories that need to be told um my passport's got three stamps from three of the seven state sponsors of terrorism so when i go through the airport everybody's like you know <laughs> and um yeah are you overnighted where yeah um so, the, but exileseries.com, exileseries.com. If you can't, you know, Charles Payne had an op-ed recently, the beauty of Christmas is you can always help someone. Mm -hmm. And so if you can't write a check, don't. Mm -hmm. Share it, put it on your Facebook. Say, I believe in this project. I hope you'll donate. Well, if let me, let me ask you this. So exile.com. Exile.com, it'll take you to a portal. Go ahead. Okay, exile.com. And because and I know, it, here's, the, here's the thing. If people donate, if people donate, what is next? For, for this program? What's next? So, so people come in, they donate, they, they crowdfund, you get, what happens next? So we got dozens of hours of footage in the can, but you, this is crazy. Uh, so we priced uh, kidnap ransom uh, and extraction insurance for one person for one locale for eight days is 20 grand. Wow. Um, it, it, right? Um, you know, and so this isn't like we're going to West Virginia and we're filming the, the, the logistics that when we go over there and you'll see in the trailer, I mean, we're pretty well provisioned. I'll just leave it at that. Um, I'm I'm relatively well trained tactically. Uh, I'm not you know Rambo, but and uh, so that's hard to procure and expensive. Uh, but we go back into these places. We've got a list that we literally won't disclose for security reasons, uh, and and go with people who've been there, and and we go interview people who've been displaced, lost family members, fought against tyranny and oppression, uh, and we start making you know 50 minute episodes. Uh, this is conceived as a documentary series. Um, it would be, uh, so if you know Matt Whitworth, you know the web-based series, The Swamp was on Facebook, right? Mm -hmm. And until it got like 45 million views and then HBO said, maybe we'd like to buy that. <laughs> and so we think that that's where we're headed with this. Uh, again, Matt's sort of pushed all his chips in the middle of a table 
in believing in a project before, meaning everything he has worldly possessions is in. And if it fails, you ain't getting it back. And and um, so the next thing is to really start cutting full out. Episode one. Um, so, yeah, we just get back so, in and, and start fleshing these out. Yeah, so and, and again, we mentioned off air. So the models, the chosen, they set out to raise three hundred thousand dollars and get eleven million for the first season. People believe in that product. This is we hope that we can mimic that. Well, again, I, I think it's it's exciting to me um, because, again, when I when I when I saw the the trailer for this, um, one of the first things that came to mind is I, I think Tom's found his calling. Um, because as much as, as good as you were at some of the other things that, that you've done, um, I've always known you to have a heart of service. That's what you want to do. And quite frankly, because of your background, um, there's a lot of ways people can serve. There's a lot of ways people can help. You can work at the local homeless shelter. You can work at a crisis center. You can do all of that. But the Tom Garrett I know was going to put himself in harm's way in order to help because he's got this sort of skill set and the mentality to be able to do that. And, and the, thing, the message that I would give to people is they're watching this podcast and, and they're considering is, is XL.com something that I want to... XLseries.com. Is that something that people want to potentially contribute to? Is it something they want to potentially be a part of? The thing I would tell you is that if, if you're looking for a, a project that is going to go into areas that, quite frankly, not everybody can go into... Not everybody has the skill set for. Not everybody has the calling for. Right? This is a unique calling. Um, this is something you should consider, because I, I know some of the people that are involved with it. And and again, I don't I don't get on this podcast and and go out and recommend a bunch of different organizations or series or, or things like that. But this is one where I, I know the people doing it. I know the quality of the work they do, and I know most importantly, I know the foundation, right? The the philosophical foundation of where they're coming from when they do this sort of work. So, exileseries.com. I want you to go and I want you to check that out. And again, the, the three things I want you to ask yourself when you look at it is, is this something I can like and share? Because that, that's huge. Whenever you're talking about crowdfunding something, exposure is critical. So right off the bat, if, if you see this and you think to yourself, this is something that, that speaks to me, and I think something that could be of value, liking and sharing is easy. Right? There's no excuse not to do it if it's something that you think is worthwhile. The second thing you need to consider is how do you potentially help out with an organization like this, whether it's funding, whether it's some other type of volunteer work, whatever it was. Maybe you have a connection. This is one thing that I'm always reminding people is that you will be shocked that the sphere of influence that you have and the particular talents and, and facilitating those link-ups can be huge. Right, so, so think about that. You know, is, is this something I can like and share? Is this something that I can donate to? Is this something that I can, and if it's not a donation, is there something, some way that I can contribute to this? Because um, again, I, from my background, I know a lot of people that they've got a heart for this kind of work. They're not sure how to do it. And you're always looking, because let's face it, there's some other organizations out there that make a lot of promises about work that they're going to do on the ground in dangerous areas. And what it is, is they're really, really, they may be really good at the video making side, but they're not good at putting the boots on ground and actually providing the assistance to people that desperately need it, where no one else is going to come in and save them. And, and now we're talking about people that can help tell those stories, that can link up with other organizations, coordinate with them. Um, because again, some of the work you were doing, Dave Eubank was doing, they, they were literally pulling people out of the, the that were sex, sex slaves for ISIS getting them into a safe environment, getting them the, the medical attention that they need, the, the counseling that they needed, helping them get back on their feet. I mean, that is that right there 
if you did nothing else with your life, that right there is meaningful and has an impact and is going to change forever the course of, of someone's entire life because somebody bothered to show up. And the more exposure we get to those sorts of stories, the more people that we can generate, the more resources that we can provide. And again, one of the things I love about what you're doing, Tom, is that this isn't just about passing a bill. This is about reminding people that as individuals, we, we have a responsibility to love thy neighbor. And this is a way that you can do it. Every single human being on this planet, uh, every color and hue, every value set has value in the eyes of God. And we are called to help our brothers and sisters, regardless of whether we agree or disagree on any number of things. And I'm not trying to preach, man. But like for me, I've never done anything that I felt like, oh, my gosh, this is right in my life that matches going to help people in need. And if you can't do that, that's okay, right? There's two things you can do wrong. Do things you're not supposed to be doing or do things that somebody's supposed to be doing, but you're not the one. And and I think you're right. I hope. I mean, this is where my heart is. I'm not afraid. Um, I, I, I just, it, it, this matters. You all can help. I'm so grateful to you, Nick. And uh, exileseries.com. Uh, I believe in this project. I hope you will. Um, and And yeah, I mean, we have a duty to do something. And this is where I've chosen to make my stand. All right. Well, once again, I can't say it any better than that. Thank you for joining us, Tom. Exileseries.com. For those of you that are interested, go check that out. All right. And then let, let it, leave us some comments. Let us know what you think. And then, Tom, in the future, we'd love to come back, have you back on, and talk about how this has progressed and how things are going along for you and the project. Once again, uh, Tom Garrett, thank you for joining us on Making the Argument, where we make the arguments to defend a free society. So, so spoiler alert here at the end, I, I, I've cordially invited you to come along with us in the future. So we'll see how this plays out. <laughs> so maybe maybe we'll be doing the uh, the maybe we'll do in part two of this in a foreign country. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Take care, brother. God bless. Once again, thank you very much for listening. If you want to support the show, again, one of the best ways you can do it is by heading over to goodranchers.com with promo code Nick. You're going to get $15 off. You sign up for one of those subscriptions and you're going to get up to $480 of free meat with that subscription. You get to pick top sirloin, salmon, chicken breast, bacon. It is all up to you. Plus, if you're looking for gifts to get for the people that are impossible to shop for, goodranchers.com also has gift boxes. You need to act quick. This is part of their overall Black Friday special. So head on over to goodranchers.com, use promo code Nick, and once again, thank you for listening.